are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. text in the King James Bible tonight. And, uh, boy, it's good to be here. A full house is a sign of good success. It always is. And buddy, she's packed tonight. I appreciate everybody being in your place. Appreciate you coming from distances to be here and to uh, identify with old time religion. And, uh, I want to help you. And uh, I honestly believe we're religious enough and familiar enough with this atmosphere that we could probably go through the motions tonight and uh, I could entertain you. And there's really nothing wrong with that. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And some of y'all look like you need about, <laughs> about 10 cc's. <laughs> and, uh, but we're living in a day, honestly, there's a spirit of forgetfulness that's come upon our people, honestly. I mean, a spirit of forgiveness. We can't remember much. America can't remember much. I mean, we don't remember too much. We fought a Hussein, and then we voted one in. We, we, we got a spirit. We got a short memory. And uh, let me just say that the Islamic ideology is anti-Christian and anti-Jew. And all of that crowd is as kin to a terrorist as a pig is a sow. Somebody say amen. Don't look down. I'm just checking your blood pressure. We don't, we don't remember much. We got a short memory, very short-lived memory. I'm reminded of a fellow who had went to one of those classes Know, to remember and his, he'd been bragging on it at church told a fellow said I've been to a memory class he said man that's neat he said what's the name of the class he said well I well it was about he said you know you use uh, association to remember he said you know like like what's that red flower that has a long stem and has thorns on it he said, Rose. He said, yeah, Rose, what was the name of that class I went to? That, uh, I laugh now. Amen. And some people don't get it. I mean, they just, they don't, they don't get it. They hear it and they look like they're getting it, but they're not, they're, it's not communicating. I want to communicate. Usually when I speak up north above the Mason-Dixon line, I take an interpreter with me. Amen. <laughs> Make sure I'm communicating, but uh, I want to communicate. I want to I make sure I'm, I'm, I'm making sense to you. One fellow was driving down the road, and a fence was tore down, and about eight or ten hogs just ran across the road, and he, and he ran over those hogs. They all crossed at the same time. Just, just killed them all. They laying over there, blood everywhere. State trooper pulled up, and he was writing a report up on it, <clears throat> and, uh, and the man said, man, I couldn't help it. said, officer said, I was just driving at the regular uh, speed limit and said, these hogs busted out across the road and said, I smashed them. said, I couldn't help it. 
And they looked over there and they saw one little hog that was still alive. He was over there. And, and that man said, look at that hog. He said, what are we going to do with him? And that officer said, look, man, don't you understand? I'm tied up. I've got to write this report. He said, just take that hog to the zoo. So the next day the state trooper was riding down the road and he looked over there and he saw that man that had that wreck and that hog was sitting up the front seat with him, riding down the road with him. And he flipped his lights on, pulled him over and he said, man, said, uh, what are you doing with that hog in here? He said, I thought I told you to take him to the zoo. But he said, yeah, we had such a good time we're going to the ball game today. He said, praise <laughs> God. Amen. Ah, uh, that's courtesy. I appreciate it. Second Kings chapter one. Second Kings, page 421 in a Schofield reference edition of the Bible. If you don't have one, you're living under a strong disadvantage. You don't have to agree with all the notes. We agree with the text. Look at verse one. Then Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab, and Ahaziah fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria and was sick. And he sent messengers and said unto them, Go inquire of Beelzebub, the little g-god of Ekron, whether I shall recover this disease. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise and go to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say unto them, Is it not because there is not a God in Israel that ye go to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord. Boy, I like it when thus saith the Lord. Open vision. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up but shalt surely die, and Elijah departed. And when the messengers turned back unto him, they went back to Hazi, and they said uh, un, un, unto them, well, why are ye now turned back? And they said unto him, there came a man up to meet us, and said unto us, go turn again unto the king that sent you, and say unto him, thus saith the Lord, is it not because there is not a God in Israel that thou sendest to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore shalt thou not come down from the bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And he said unto them, what manner of man was he that met you and told you these things? They answered him and said, he was a hairy man. He's girt with a girdle of leather about his loins. And the king said, it is Elijah the Tishbite. Then the king said unto him, a captain of 50 with his 50. And he came up to him and behold, he sat on the top of a hill. And he spake unto him, thou man of God, the king hath said, come down. And Elijah answered and said to the captain of 50, if I be a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy 50. And there came down fire from heaven and consumed him and his 50. There's evidence again of a short memory. 
chapter 18 in 1 Kings at Carmel, Elijah called down fire. Elijah had some power. Elijah had some power. He had power in prayer. He prayed, didn't rain for three and a half years. He had power, man. This is what he said. Verse 11, again also he sent unto him another captain of 50 and his 50. And he answered and said unto him, O man of God, thus hath the king said, come down quickly. You've been up there long enough. And Elijah answered and said unto them, if I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy 50. And the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. And he sent again a captain, the third 50 with his 50. And the third captain of 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and besought him and said unto him, O man of God, I pray thee, let my life and the life of these 50 thy servants be precious in thy sight. Behold, there came fire down from heaven and burned up the two captains of the former 50s with their 50s. Therefore, let my life now be precious in thy sight. And the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah, go down with him. Be not afraid of him. And he arose and he went down with him unto the king. And he said unto him, thus saith the Lord, for as much as thou hast sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron, is it not there is no God in Israel to inquire of his word? Therefore thou shalt not come down off that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And so he died according to the word of the Lord which Elijah had spoken. Our Heavenly Father, we stand tonight in a sober frame of mind. I stand here realizing the frailty of the flesh. I realize the weakness of memory. And I'm yielding myself to you. And I want to be used of you. I realize this is a crucial time in church history. We're living in a Laodicean church age. We're living near the last days. We're living, we're living, no doubt, on the fringe of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, how we need men of God. I realize as I've studied your word from the beginning to the end, you've always used human instrumentality. You've chosen the voice of man to do the work of God. And I pray tonight that you would stir our hearts, men of God, laymen, housewives, that we would seek the God of Israel, that we'd seek after the God who Elijah served. And in a day of weakness, and in a day of frailty, and in a day where the church is seeming to lose her grip, I pray you'd raise up another generation of Elijah's. Another generation of Elisha's. Another generation of Jeremiah's. Another generation of John the Baptist. Help us to stand and having done all to stand. We ask these things in the name that's above every name. In the name of our Lord and Savior and soon coming King Jesus Christ we pray. 
And may I say, Lord, on behalf of anyone who's lost in this room, who may have come in this meeting, gathered today, tonight, this week, and they've never been saved by the good grace of God, I pray for old-timey Holy Ghost conviction to show them their need of a Savior. And let tonight be the last night they're lost. For we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. You say this text tonight's familiar. Well, it ought to be. Elijah's no strange character in the scripture. When I think about Elijah, I think about this man of God, a man of power, a man of prayer, a man who had a public ministry. And in these days in which we live, I'm, I'm very cautious about a man of God. I lay hands suddenly on no man. Anybody who will not denounce leadership that goes against the Bible. Amen, I'm talking about political leadership as well as religious leadership that stands in opposition to clear principles of scripture. They're not, our, they're not our friends, they're our enemies. They're not for us. And we're living in such an hour. And here's Elijah the prophet, a man of God, and I mean, no doubt about it, I mean, he's God's man. Somebody help me. Uh, and I realize we study the Bible through dispensations. We're, we're not foolish about that, but I believe God still uses men there's never been a line drawn throughout the history. There's never been a line drawn in scripture where God chose another way. Maybe, maybe on occasion he would use a rooster to crow. Maybe he used a, a donkey to speak. Maybe once in a while he wrote with his hand, but his choice instrument to save mankind in its lost and, and dying situation was to use the voice of a man. That excites me. I mean, I get thrilled about the, the privilege it is to be called a preacher. There's a lot of titles. I like Daddy, and I've just learned to like Papa. Somebody say amen. I'm loving Papa. I, I like my wife when she calls me honey and baby and other things you want. You don't need to know about. But nothing, nothing sounds as pleasing to me as somebody say, hey, preacher. When the world in its wisdom knew not God, it pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save them would believe. The ministry of Elijah was a ministry, no doubt, as I think about it, is a ministry where he stood for something. And he stood against something. And he stood in spite of some things. Elijah, the prophet. There's a, there's a tendency today, there's a tendency, and they really there's a strong uh, wave among our circles where we want to change things. By the way, let me, let me remind you of the, the truth in light of the bodily resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said, therefore, in light of an empty tomb, be steadfast and unmovable and all unmovable. Be steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor's not in vain in the Lord. One of the great attributes of our God is he's an immutable God. Malachi 3, 6 said, I'm the Lord and I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible said, forever, O Lord. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And the Bible has laid forth some principles, some practices, some, some precedents that we don't have options to change. It's not by accident that Elijah 
was a choice of God. God liked him. You say, how much did he like him? Well, it's interesting that he liked him enough that and when others wanted him to change, you know, Hillary, I mean, I mean Jezebel. <clears throat> when they put the pressure on him to change and to conform to political correctness, he still stood toe to toe and eyeball to eyeball with Ahab. He said, I'm not the man, man, that troubleth Israel. Thou and thy fathers are the man. You're the ones. It's not the Bible-believing crowd. Hey, we're the salt of the earth. By the way, we're not the sugar of the earth. We're the salt. Salt, salt, salt identifies itself. If you've got a hangnail and put your hand down in a bag of McDonald's french fries, you'll soon be affected by the iodized salt that hits that wound. It's an uncomfortable, it's an unpleasant presence. Amen. And his presence was always a, 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 a distraction. It made an annoyance to Ahab and Jezebel. Now stay with me, I'm gonna go to preaching in a minute. And there's a, there's a pressure on us today to tweak it and to change it like we need a new brand of men. We don't need any more Elijahs. But it's not consistent with the scripture for us to try to produce a new brand. In fact, in fact, it's so, so specific that when God Almighty was to translate Elijah and take him away, that Elisha came on the scene and he said, now, I got a need. I, I, wanna, I wanna be like you. In fact, I wanna duplicate your ministry. In fact, he had the same mantle. His appearance was similar. He said, I want to look like you. He said, I want to duplicate. In fact, in fact, in fact, God said, it's not enough just to be like you, but I want to double, I want to be twice as much as you were. But yet there's a crowd in our circles who want to get further away from the Elijahs. Amen. About a thousand years later, here comes a man on the scene. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Said, he said, behold, the Lamb of God, the last of the Old Testament prophets, said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. By the way, he had on a leather girdle. What went out you to see a man in soft raiment? A reed shaking in the wind. It, it's amazing to me that 1,000 years later, in a time of transition, in a time of need, God raised up a leather lung, high blood pressure. I'm talking about gravy sopping, biscuit eating, slobber slinging, bug-eyed, John the Big B Baptist. And when Herod heard about him, he said, oh my word, it's Elijah. That's Elijah. When Jesus came on the scene, he asked his disciples, whom do people say that I am? Well, some of them said, Lord, you Isaiah. Some of them, some of them said, you John the Baptist. By the way, he stole John the Baptist's first outline, repent, for the kingdom of heaven's at hand. Jesus do a good sermon when he saw one. Somebody say amen. Amen, friend. He said, who did they say? He said, some of them said, you, you Jeremiah. 
Some, some of them said you're one of the prophets. Amen. It's not here yet, but one day there's going to be a tribulation. Seven years. And we won't be here for one second of it. Revelations 4, 1, I saw a door open in heaven and the voice of a sound of a trumpet talking to me saying, come up hither. Now look at me. You can hang around for three and a half. You can endure all seven. Bless God, I'm pulling out on the first load. Amen. Amen. When the trumpet sounds, I'm pulling out. Hallelujah. And sometime during that tribulation period, Revelation 11 tells us, God's going to pull old Elijah back out again. I mean, he liked him enough that on the Mount of Transfiguration, of all the patriarchs of the Old Testament, of all of them, of all of them he could have chose, hey, he brought down Moses and Elijah. You say we need a new kind. Not according to the scripture, we don't. We don't need any more Dr. Malone's. You know tonight, I believe the Bible tonight. We don't need any more Harold B. Sightlers. He, 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 he said, I'm a Baptist, I'm a big B Baptist. He says, what would, Dr. Sightler, what would you be if you weren't a Baptist? He said, I'd be ashamed is what I'd be. We need some Lester Roloffs. We gotta have some God-called men. God-called men. When I think about these God-called men, notice when he was identified by those messengers, he said, uh, what manner of man was this man that y'all saw? We need some Elijahs. And I'm preaching tonight on this subject, God help us, we need some Elijahs. And, and my subject tonight is this, God help us, we need some Elijahs. And I'm preaching tonight on this theme. God Almighty help us, we gotta have some Elijahs. What manner of man was he? He, had a, he left a lasting impression on King Ahaziah. As a high, uh, he's, he's there and he's in his bed and somewhere down the line he had heard something about it. Left such a lasting impression that even a thousand years later John the Baptist was imitating the way he dressed. See, he had a lasting impression. I believe with all my heart, listen to me real close, God's men have an impression on society on what they look like. The look. I'll never forget, it didn't happen very often, but I visited the hospital there at Baptist Hospital in Nashville and I got off the elevator and the lady said, you're a preacher. And I said, don't you profile me. Don't you judge. You're not supposed to profile. No, I, 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 was, I, was, I was honored that I was identified. Yeah, I, mean, it, 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 I mean, I felt honored. In fact, I, I, I almost started crying. She's, she knows I'm a preacher. The look of today, this metrosexual, effeminate, 
rainbow sock wearing, amen, shaved arms and legs, waxed eyebrows. Is everybody okay? I never seen anything like it. Amen, they just eat up with, I'm talking about eat up with Advocare and, and exercise. What part of the Bible don't you understand bodily exercise profits little? The greatest preachers I ever knew were fat people, amen, friend. And I never one time looked at Dr. Seitler and said, I can't get a blessing, his waistline's too big. That's, that's how shallow we've become. Men of God today, so-called men of God, their desire. <laughs> yeah. I got a pair I'll give you after the service. So-called men of God today are more impressed by the outward appearance than they are, hey, the heart of a man. God help us, man. It's preaching time. I believe he had a lassie. They said, what, what, what did that man look like? Said, he's hairy. He's a hairy man. I mean, he's not addicted to the, to the tanning bed. He's a hairy old man. He, he, he's, a, he's a man. What about old John the Baptist? He's one, praise God. He's out trying with a leather girdle. He's eating wild locusts and honey. He's ostracized. I don't think if John had a, had a Facebook, he would have had many likes. Hey, wouldn't do too many following him. Well, we need some Elijahs. I believe their lips left a lasting impression. What they said. See, our weapons are not carnal. I pray for our soldiers on the foreign soil. I pray for every pilot. I pray they hit every target they aim at. Amen. I pray God. I pray a threefold blessing on every pilot flying over. Amen. The enemies of Israel. Chanting death to America. I pray God Almighty help them hit every target they aim at. Amen. I pray. But my weapons aren't carnal. My weapons are spiritual. To the pulling down of strongholds. This pulpit. This Bible. Our lips. What we say. I'm talking about we ought to say strong things. Elijah, Elijah didn't get, hey, threatened by Jezebel because he was down there teaching a, a, a lesson to a better self-image. It's because he beheaded 850 false prophets. Because he was strong against false doctrine. He was, listen, we, we give all of our new converts room to grow. Amen. We're not legalists. In any way, we're separatists. And we give our converts room to grow. But listen, we, we as God's men in this 21st, hey, this, this age in which we live, this 21st century, we ought to be death on false doctrine. Our lips ought to say something about it. Strong lips. Scriptural lips. I don't need your opinion. I don't need statistics. I need the word of the Lord. Notice when he would make an announcement, you're going to die, king. 
You, you, the bed you went up on, you ain't never gonna come out of. That same bed you went up on, King, hey, you played around here and dabbled around here and, and, and some kind of polytheism, you're seeking another God, and here's the curse of God on you. Hey, Hoss, you ain't coming out of that bed, thus saith the Lord. It don't matter how strong you preach if you got Bible to back it up. Amen. Oh, Elijah left a lasting impression with his life. Notice every one of these men, his ministry is nearing its end. He's already been to Carmel. He's already called down fire. I mean, he's already gone through his season of depression under the juniper tree. God's brought him out of that. By the way, don't, don't even whine. I'm sick of hearing your whining. It's, more, hey, it's better than it is bad. Amen, friend. I'm sick of all that whining, bless God. Hey, it's a whole lot better than it is bad. He's brought him through all of that. And now he's near the end, and he's approached. Here's how they identified him. Thou man of God. Oh, thou man of God. Let's look at it again. Oh, thou man of God. Oh, thou man of God. Oh, thou man of God. Oh, man of God. Praise God for preachers. When the, hey, listen to me. Hey, Bible said, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove and rebuke, for the time will come. The time has come. We're living in that, that time where they'll not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust. Lust is a desire for the forbidden. What the church forbids. By the way, the church has power to bind on earth and loose on earth. Amen. What sort of things you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Church has that power. If the church is against it, you ought to be against it. If God's against it, preacher, you ought to be against it. And I'm looking here and I see his lifestyle was in such a fact. They said, this man's a man of God. There's something different about him. His life is not some inconsistent, some unidentifiable man. He was a man that when they looked at his life, his life was given to the ministry. This bunch of I'm going to volunteer to preach. I, I, don't, I don't have stock in that stuff. God's hard up and he needs people. I understand he needs men, but he needs the right kind of man. He can do more with one man who's committed than 10 that'll compromise. God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. I understand that, but wait a minute. He wants men he can use. Separated men. Elijah was one of those kind of men. He had some things different about him that left a lasting impression. Lasting impression. A man of God. Today's preachers, we've got to a place where, you know, we don't know, are they CEOs? What are they? are they? Are they computer operators? That's where they stay most of the time. That's why they get in trouble so much. Because oh, they're stuck. You know, when, when, when God asked Moses over in Exodus, what is in thine hand? If it had been today, he just said a cell phone. What is in thine hand? Hey, we've got social media and we're, we're, we're addicted to it. I would not want to be identified as a man of God who couldn't get off his phone. 
who's addicted to the screen. I mean, God help us. We've got a place where our layman now, and probably some preachers, they, they have this gaming addiction. They're addicted to playing games. Man, that, that's some spiritual application if I've ever seen it. Bunch of preachers are playing games, man. What they need is a good whooping. Amen, friend. What they need is some southern justice took out behind the buses. We could straighten some of that out. Somebody help me now. Is everybody okay? What we need in this hour, hey, the need, the need for this hour is some people of God with power on them. Not just volume, but power. Power. We need revival. That's not coming through powerless preachers. I think about this man of God. He was in a day where the absence of God's presence was evident. When trouble, when trouble came to the, to the White House, when trouble came to the palace, the first move they made was to a multicultural God. They've embraced the God of Ekron. You know what he was? He was the God of the flies. If, if, if that's not a bunch of worshiping the creation. I mean, that's the bottom. That, that is, that's the lowest you get in worshiping the creation. Your God is a fly? If I was going to be one of those, at least I'd worship a lion. Somebody say amen. They'd reached the lowest ebb in religious times. They had distanced themselves from God. They had plummeted into apostasy. And it was a day where there was, a, where there was an absence of the presence of God. Why are you looking over yonder in Ekron? Is there not a God in Israel for you to look to? Can I say to America tonight, why are you looking beyond the Bible? We are one nation under God. And that's not Allah, and that's not Buddha. That's the God of the King James Bible, God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Blessed Trinity. It was a day of arrogance. Not only the absence of God's power, but the arrogance of God's people. Here's this king who's gonna demand Elijah. He's so far distant from Carmel, he's so far forgotten what God had done through the life of Elijah, raising dead men up, the power that Elijah had, that he thought he'd just gonna go tell the preacher, come down. Come off that hill you want. Place of elevation, that's where we ought to be. We ought to, we, amen, we ought to live above scandal. We ought to live clean, man. Come on down. Called him down. Called him to compromise. That's what they did to Nehemiah. Called him down. That's what they did to Jesus, that, that thief on the cross that died, went to hell, praying. If thou be the Son of God, save us and thyself. Come on down, get down. That's the call of the world today. Y'all come on down to our level. We want to deify man and humanize God. Bring, bring God down to our, come on down here, Elijah. You've been standing for that old time religion a long time. Hey, you've been standing strong a long time. Elijah, come on down, let's talk about it. You ain't gotta be so hard. Elijah, why do you have to major on the minors? 
I didn't know there was any minors in here. This is already a condensed book. If all the acts of God were recorded, the skies would be scrolls, the sea would be ink. This is all he wanted us to know. It's a, so if it's in their house, it is major. Major. Even it's a shame for a man to have long hair, bless God, I'll preach it till I die. Amen and amen. Powerless men, powerless laymen can't get a prayer through. Dr. Malone tells a story of a young man picked him up at the airport at Greensboro and he got in the car with him and he was ride, driving him to his motel and the young preacher or the young man leaned to Dr. Malone and said, can I ask you a question? Dr. Malone said, you can ask anything you want to. I don't know that I'll have the answer. He said, well, let me just ask you, Dr. Malone, how do you get into the ministry? You know, how do you break in to the ministry? Dr. Malone said, it kind of sounded like a criminal act to me. Dr. Malone abruptly said, you can't break in. And the young man says, said, well, what I'm saying is I want to I get into the ministry. He said, he said, Dr. Malone said, I'm sorry to tell you, son. I wish I had the good word for you, but all I can tell you is that you cannot get in. You can't get in. You can't break in. He said, you've got to be put in. Paul said, I thank my God who finally kind of be faithful, having putted me into the ministry. This mama called and Papa sent generation. No wonder, no wonder no Elijah's. God's got to call a man. It's a holy calling. It's a divine calling. It's not, it, look at me, young man. I want to tell you, I, not, not to discourage anything about Bible college. I mean, you ought to be, learn all you can. But look at me, this is not an occupation. This is a calling. And a God-called man will preach with or without a paycheck. He'll work three jobs in order to get a chance to preach. Oh, Yeah. Any church that won't pay a preacher that can pay them, they're a sorry church. But any preacher who would leave because he wouldn't get paid is a sorry preacher. Oh, yeah. I'm saying we need some men like Elijah. Can I hurriedly say it was a day of apprehensive ministry? A day where they were very, very timid with the proclamation of God. I mean, you know, that's strong stuff. You're going to die in your bed. Who wants to go tell the king? We got a crowd full. Somebody go tell Trump. He ain't going to make it through the night. God has said. Man, nobody wants. Man, give me the short straw on that one. Somebody help me. Let somebody else do that. That's what it seemed to have done. We're starting to deli out. We're starting to, we're starting to hand out, you get this job and you get this job. And, and your job is, is, to, is to encourage people. And your job and, and what you get to do is you get to teach. And you get, and each person gets to pick and choose what they want. Hey, this is not Burger King religion, have it your way. This is Wendy's religion, old-fashioned, hot and juicy. And the Bible said, preach the word. 
amen, the whole counsel of God. Hey, we're not given the privilege to say what we want to say, to preach what we like to preach, line on line, and precept on precept. We gotta preach all of it, friend. All of it. Yeah, you can fill your book up as one of these evangelists that preaches happy, happy, happy. Preach any kind of denomination. Preach with a bunch of Armenians. Let me say something. I'm going to preach at a free will Baptist church. I'm going there and tell them I believe in everlasting life. I'm talking about I'm going to tee it up right off the chute. I'm not going to go in there and avoid the term everlasting life, eternal life. First of all, I ain't gonna preach for one of them. Somebody help me. Don't get nervous. I'm an independent, fundamental, premillennial. Amen. Separatist Baptist. What part of eternal life don't you understand? But they, they, hey, listen, if you're gonna preach, hey, oh, we're having an ecumenical gathering tonight, and we're, the, what we're gonna do is we're gonna meet in an assembly of God building and advertise it. Boy, it's getting quiet in here now. We're not going to have to who we are. We're just going to meet in that place and, and we're going to try to reach people. Amen. I guess when you get in that Assembly of God building, you're going to preach against talking in tongues, ordaining women preachers. I'm sure you are. The man of God, I'm sure you're gonna stand up and say, by the way, I, I know we're in this building, but I'm, I'm a Baptist. We don't ordain women to preach. We don't believe in an unintelligible tongue. Amen, I'm sure you're gonna preface everything by that. No, you're gonna compromise. As long as John the Baptist preached, behold the Lamb of God, this is what the Pharisees said about him. He's a shining light. The Pharisees, they embraced John the Baptist when he just preached, behold the Lamb of God. But when he started saying, hey, Herod, Herod, you're shacking up. Hey, you got your brother-in-law's, hey, that's wrong what you're doing. It's, it's unlawful. It's against the scripture. It's, when he started identifying immorality and naming sin, hey, hey, that's what got his head cut off. I need help now. I ain't even got to the message. This is all introduction. I'm praying. Y'all pray for me. We need some Elijahs. Here's the message, Elijah. Let's look at three thoughts tonight and we're gonna go home. Can y'all handle it? Number one, let's notice the temptation he encountered. Come down. Lower, lowering call. Come down, a laming call. Come down, come down, a limiting call. Here's the call of God. Man, we're to go preach the gospel to every creature. Highways and hedges, all the world. I see him as he's approached by these 50s and this temptation was a personal temptation. Can I say there's not a preacher in here? There's not a layman in there? There's not a housewife in here? The, the devil's not after you? He's a master deceiver. Bible said be sober, be well aware, be alert. Be sober and be vigilant for your adversary the devil walketh about. He's walking tonight up down these aisles. He's walking in between these pews. He's looking for vulnerable spots in the armor of the believer. He's looking for weaknesses. He's looking for your weakness. He's walking about as a roaring lion. 
seeking. Seek him in his hour. He's looking. He wants to destroy your home. Young lady, he wants to steal your purity. He wants to wreck your future, young man. His desire split the church and caused trouble. I see him as he's approached, and, and this is a personal, we're all gonna find temptation. Hey, every person in this room is gonna be faced with temptation. You go to serving God, don't think for a minute the devil's gonna lay over like some coward dog. Play dead. We used to walk to the store. I grew up in the country, we walked to the store, and we used to take bottles and redeem bottles. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I used to get three cents, a nickel. Man, I'd get me a bunch of bottles. I'd go up, I won't tell you what I bought with them. <laughs> you don't need to know that. The Bible said, confess your faults, not your sins. Amen. And I'd go up there and I'd take my bottle. And there was this dog, mean old dog. Live right there on Coolidge Road. And I'd walk down the road. And that dog would come out from under the house. And I'm, I'm talking about a hair on his back. <laughs> and it scared me to death, man. Oh, and I'd run, run, trying to get away from him. I mean, this thing was repeated week after week, day after day. I'd be walking to the store. He'd, he'd come running out from the house. <laughs> Eyes bugging out on the stem, bloodshot, foaming at the That's back when we had mad dogs. Demons used to get in animals. They don't have to now. They got too many open vessels of mankind. I believe this dude had a devil in him, man. He'd, he'd come by and he'd run out, man. I'd just take off running. Finally, I said, I'm, I've had enough of this. I had an eight ounce Coke bottle. That dude come running. And I just reached over and I said, whoop. And I hit him right between the eyes. That dude's eyes rolled back in the head. He fell over graveyard dead, friend. Then I got scared. Man, I started running to the store. I redeemed my bottles and I started back with my wares. It sure was tasting good, too. And uh, I started back, and sure enough, man, I got about where that dog was. And he started to step out from under that house. But when he saw me, he just sunk down in his tail between his legs, and he ducked under. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Humble yourselves therefore before God. Resist. And I'm telling you, honestly believe, man, he never chased me again. I think if he had puppies, they're scared of my children. <laughs> Devil's after you. The temptations are personal. He knows exactly where you're weak at. Elijah's there on this hillside. He's being called down by the authorities of society, but yet he took a stand. The temptation was not only a temptation, it's personal, it was a temptation, it was powerful. 150 to one. 150 military regiment. 150 trained soldiers of the king to one old white-haired prophet. One old aged man of God. One old prophet of God nearing the time of retirement, hey, nearing the time of a, of a translation, outnumbered. Can I tell you tonight, look at me, we are outnumbered, but we're not outpowered. We got one of those mega churches in our town, and uh, 
about, a, about two months ago, three months ago, I got a phone call similar to this right here. They, she called and said, is this the church? Is this Tony Hudson? I said, yeah. She said, I, I want to talk to you. I said, I've got a, a son who's dying. He's dying of AIDS. And said, uh, I would want to ask you, would you go and witness to my son? And I said, yes, ma'am, do you have a church? She said, well, yes, I go to such and such an outreach, fellowship, ecclesia, on the rock, oasis. <laughs> but she said this, our pastor does not specialize in winning people to God. She said, I heard that Middle Tennessee Baptist Church that y'all specialize in evangelism. I about had a Holy Ghost spell on the end of the phone. I said, yes, ma'am. For the last 29 years, we specialized in door-to-door evangelism. For the last 29 years, ma'am, we specialize in confrontational soul wedding. For the last 29 years, we've run buses up and down the highway. For the last 29 years, we've supported missions on foreign souls. Yes, ma'am, we specialize in the evangelization of sinners. There ought to be some places like that. We may be outnumbered, but we're not outpowered. This temptation is a perpetual temptation. Can everybody hear me? It's perpetual. It's not going away. I wish I could say that there was some some bracket of time. If you pastor for 20 years, then you reach this plateau, and finally all of it goes away. But man, I, I, I get tempted all the time. I, I, I live in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Went to high school, Riverdale High School. Man, I see people in our town making millions. And they were stupid. I went to school, they're dumb. I mean, I'm thinking like, this dumb boy, man, he couldn't even read. And now here he is, man, he's on a big old real estate board somewhere, he's sold all kinds. That ain't right. Man, Lord, I ain't got nothing. I can't rub two quarters together. And here's this man, he's, he, how, how can, look at him. Driving these big, big old cars, and, and, and I'm the man, this, this, something ain't right. Hey, there's t- I'm telling you, I don't care where you, you're going to be tempted. To the last of your days, there's going to be the hound dog of the devil who's on your trail, and he's always propagating a lie. He's a liar. He tells you to quit. He tells you to throw in the towel. He tells you it's not worth it, but thank God, oh, Elijah withstood the temptation that he encountered. We need some Elijahs. Elijah not only withstood temptation he encountered, but not only the temptation he encountered, I want you to notice it, I want you to the tenacity that he exhibited. He just was rough. What he said, man, did you know that, that, that bulldog tenacity is vital? You're not gonna make it without some of it. This little potato string background, rose water squirting, try to get along with everybody mentality. You are not going to make it. You're going to have to have a saw bone. I'm talking about a backbone like a saw log. Amen. Heart like Bambi. 
But you're gonna have, you're gonna have to learn, praise God, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. It was vital. I think about this, his tenacity was verbal. He used his mouth. Listen, it's what you say that costs you. It's what you say. It's what you, it's what you say. It's the word of God that elevates. It's a word of God that gets a job done. It's not your delivery. It's not your demeanor. It's not your disposition. No. You can take all the classes you want to on how to win friends and influence people. What you need, praise God, is a Bible message. And I'm telling you, preachers, you can get sermons a dime a dozen. You can go online, punch a little button, and get an outline. But there's a whole lot of difference between the power of God and a message and a popular sermon. I'll never forget as a child on Saturday night, we'd be listening to Hee Haw. Y'all pray for us. That's where I learned how to play the banjo, watching Roy Clark. My daddy would be in the living room. He'd have a Schofield Bible, loose leaf Schofield Bible unfolded in the floor in the living room. Beside he have some books, maybe, maybe, maybe some commentaries. He'd have them laid out all around him. He'd be laying there and, and I'd hear sounds coming out of that room. We'd be listening to the television, mom would say, y'all turn it down a little bit, said your daddy's in there with God. Y'all, y'all, wait a minute, turn that television down. Don't, don't turn it up too loud. Your daddy's in there with God. On one occasion, I thought, man, I heard him in there moaning. I heard him in there groaning. And I, I just said, I'm going to see, you know, what him and God's doing in there. <laughs> when I cracked that door, I saw him laying prostrate on the ground. Pages of his Bible wet with tears. It's oftentimes, oftentimes as a young boy, I would get up on Sunday morning and get my bath and put on my church clothes and put on my church clothes. I'd put on my church clothes. And then I'd put on my church clothes. And I'd put on my church shoes. And then I'd put on my church clothes and I put on my church clothes. Hey, man! And I'd come through there and Daddy would be getting up off the ground, eyes red as a fox's tail, sunk back in his head. You say, how did that work out for him? You tell me. Pastor the largest church in the state of Georgia, fastest growing church in America. Thousands of people saved week after week after week after week after week. Oh yeah, it works. I'm saying to you, hey, he had a tenacity. Sometimes our tenacity is not always in this visible. Not many people saw that part of Curtis Hudson. I'm gonna tell you something. If you if you just labor and stay with it and keep on working and keep on seeking, God will give you a message. And those messages go a whole lot further than those sermons go. And those messages go a lot deeper than the sermons go. And those messages are a whole lot more effective than a sermon is. Elijah didn't have a sermon, he had a message. Temptation he encountered, the tenacity in which he exhibited. But notice this, the thoroughness that he exercised. In verse 15, it was interesting to me. Here he is and the Bible tells us that the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah, now go on down with him, be not afraid of him. 
And he arose and he went down with him unto the king. We're living in a day of incomplete service. Now stay with me. We need some Elijahs. Elijah got through with the task that was set before him so that God Almighty caught him up in a whirlwind. Paul said, I, not that I've apprehended. I have not laid my hand on it yet. I've not been, not that, but this one thing I do for you, these don't see what you're behind, I press for and I reach for the prize of high calling God. But Paul was able to say in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I am now ready. I'm almost through, stay with me. And I am now ready. At the time my departure's in hand, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Man, I want to be able to say when God calls me home, I've done all that he wanted me to do. I don't want to leave here and say, I wished I had. Elijah's don't leave their ministry with unfinished tasks. Elijah's don't leave their ministry with, with, with unfinished challenges. They leave with a finished, with a completed call. I want to be able to leave here and say, I'm glad I did. Not I wished I had. That's the Elijah's. His thoroughness. He was sincere. Nobody questions the sincerity of Elijah. How sincere are you? Is it about your income? You know, God's moving me. I'm, God's moving me to somewhere. I've never, have you ever noticed that no preacher ever gets moved to another church that's paying less? Uh, I, I'm, I'm making $100,000 a year. I've got, uh, uh, I got a car allowance. I've got suit allowances. I've got book allowances. And, and, but God's moved me to go start a church in the middle of obscurity. I don't have a dime. I've got to go work two jobs. My wife's got to go get a job. Somebody help me. How sincere are you? If it, if it started costing you, if it started costing you friends, how long would you stay with it when the brethren start writing you off? Well, we would use Brother Tony, but he's a loose cannon. And we don't know what he's gonna say. I know he means well. How many times have I preached and the pastor get up behind me doing his collateral damage control? Well, there's one thing for sure. We don't have to question where Brother Tony sits and what he stands for. Amen, you guys. I'm going, Bleh. Man, I've been patted on the back by about a about hundred preachers since I've been here. I've learned most of the time they're patting you on the back, they're wiping off a place to stab. Amen. Man, we just love you. We listen to you on the internet all the time. Yeah, you're closet listeners. That's exactly right. You're not going to have me. Let's just be honest, man. There's going to be a cost. How sincere are you about what you believe? Would you preach it if it cost you? Would, it, would you preach it if it limited you? Would you preach it if it ostracized you? Would you preach it if Ahab and Jezebel threatened your life for it? He was sensitive. A thorough ministry is a sensitive ministry. There's a time where 
He knew not to go down. Don't go down. Don't go down. You stay up. Don't go down. Don't, don't you go down until the 50 called you. But all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost showed up. God showed up in open vision. And a, a theophany, God speaks to him, says to him, now you go on down. How sensitive are you? Elijah's are sensitive. Well, a big fire come. Well, no, we whirlwind came. But within a still, small voice, he was familiar with the sensitive. I hadn't lost y'all, have I? He was submissive. The Lord said unto him, Now go down, be not afraid. And he arose and went down. It would have been a lot of temptation between the time he left the side of that hill until he got to the palace to alter his message just a little bit. You know, just tweak it just, just a little bit, you know, so it won't be so offensive. Well, King, it, you know, it's appointed unto man. Everybody's going to die sometime. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know that. <laughs> The Lord wanted me to tell you, don't feel like you're the only one. Let's just hold hands and sing Kumbaya. You ever been there? No, you got to say it. Go tell him he ain't going to get off that bed because he sought another God. Boy, we need some Elijahs. Power God. Prayerful men. Persistent men. Let's stand together all over the house. Elisha, after that translation, went back to Jordan. He had the mantle of Elijah in his hand as he walked towards the crossing. Here was the question that he raised before the sons of the prophets who were watching, gawking, onlooking to his persistence in old time religion. He said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? I'm going to tell you, he's where he's always been. He's the same. We need another generation of Elijahs. We need the Tom Malones. We need the Harold B. Siders. We need the Curtis Hudson's. We need the Jack Houses. We need the Mays Jackson. We need the B.R. Lakins. Where are they? In God's consistency throughout all the Bible, he goes back to Elijah, goes back to Elijah, resurrects Elijah, brings Elijah back to the public's eye. Boy, we need some Elijahs. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.